Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 5. Here's Pastor Ryan. Yeah, but God says to be kind and merciful. That is being kind and merciful. Go tell him. The mean thing is what Satan doesn't want you to do, which is to rebuke them in love. Does that make sense? All the flowery talk you hear of politicians, how they care about migraines and they care about Ukraine and they, they, they care about nothing. They're killing babies. Ugly. Ugly. Do you see that? But they, they, they got to give it to you flowery. You know? You got to stay home for three years out of love for others. Come on. No, we got we to gotta fellowship and get the truth because this world is full of deception from the beginning. Has God said, what do they say? Doesn't God say love your neighbor? So don't go to church, stay home, love your neighbor for three years while the church crumbles and dissipates and is no more in a lot of places. If they didn't censor doctors and scientists and information then maybe but they did because the word of God always rises to the surface and his truth sets us free all right no 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 we see through all the love and the floweriness no 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 the truth is man cannot live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God we're going to the house of church we're going to be strengthened in one another. You're not giving us all the information, so we're not going to believe your information. How about that? How about that? And it all comes out two, three years later. It was it, how the information was just false, and the testing was false, and the numbers were inflated. And, and then the next time an election comes around, they're going to try the same thing. Don't be deceived. Test all things. Test all things. Before the fall of, of man. Or it says here, so then the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Kids, that's, that's physical. It looks good, right? It's not a spiritual thing. It just looks good. It's good for the sight. You know, the, the visual aspects of it. Saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. And the tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and with, with, her, with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from, his presence, from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? 
And then the man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with, she gave me of the tree and ate. So here we see the first passing of the buck. Just not, is not my fault. Insinuating it's God's fault because it's the woman you gave me. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And then the woman, again, the serpent deceived me and I ate. It wasn't me, it was the serpent's fault who deceived me. Both of them passed the buck. It was the woman, no, it was, it was Satan made me do it. And so the Lord God said to this, and imagine how life would have been. Maybe the, cur- maybe the, the curses would have been less had Adam said, I've sinned against you, God. Yes, I did. I sinned. I did this. And if Eve said, yes, I, I, I did this, it was me. What a difference the world may have been in. But they didn't. They passed the buck. And so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And that was a beautiful promise in the midst of the curse. That her seed shall bruise his head. Speaking of the Messiah Jesus that one day would come in to crush the serpent, Satan. So even in the curse, God is already planning out a way to save his creation. To whom the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception and pain you shall bring forth. Children, you want to know if your Bible is true? Check out a maternity ward. A labor unit, and you'll, you'll, oh, when I walked those halls in the Redlands community, I said, oh, oh, Eve, oh, Adam, look what you've done. <laughs> oh, my poor wife. In pain you shall bring forth children, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. That word desire in Hebrew is shukwa, which means to control. So it's not like God is saying, you know, you're going to have this cool desire for your husband, like in a cool way. It means that in your flesh, as part of the fall of man, every wife in her flesh is going to want to control her man in her sinful nature. But thanks be to God. <laughs> and... And, but he's going to rule over her, which, you know, dominate over her, but both in the spirit. Wow, how beautiful God makes that relationship. In the spirit, she respects him unto the Lord, and he loves her as Christ loves his church, and it works out through Christ, who crushes the serpent's head. And then Adam and then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, you have eaten uh, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it, and all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the, of the field. In the sweat of your brow you shall eat uh, bread 
until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, uh, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And so there it is, like God's letting him know he's going to die physically and return to the earth. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. This is the first uh, mention of any sacrifice of any dead animal. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit here, plural, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed a, a cherubim on the east garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way uh, to the tree of life. And so uh, there's the terrible uh, truth of why the world is in the maddening condition that it's in because of the original uh, sin. But if we think about how life was before they sinned, that beautiful communion that Adam had with God, that loving father-son relationship where God brought him all the animals to name, where God put him in a beautiful garden to tend and to work, where things were just amazing. Life was good and, and that's the way it should have stayed. The Christian walk is this way now. He reverses things to get back to the way they were in, in that garden between Adam and the Lord. I don't know how fantastic it must have been, but I can only imagine. I love animals, man. But can you imagine dinosaurs cruising around? I, I believe they, they talked, too. I mean, the serpent talked. Can you imagine your dog just... It's a nice day, you know, and <laughs> your cat, scratch me here. There, there were probably no fleas messing with them at the garden anyway. So, I mean, it's just perfect. No disease, no, no sin, no death, no crime, no murder, no fighting whatsoever. God made a spirit, soul, and body. We're threefold creatures. And, and so Adam was spiritually connected to God. But the moment he, he sinned, it was reversed for him and for everyone who would follow. No longer are we spirit, soul, body, but now we're born into this world, body, soul, and spirit. Everyone is seeking their own will. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Who am I going to be with? Where am I going to get my money? It's not, God, what a beautiful day this is. What a beautiful father you are. That, that happens when we give our life to Jesus. And that's why he said in John 3, 3, you must be born again of the spirit. And that reverses, boom, he takes away our sin. He gives us back a spiritual nature. So now I still care about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, what I'm going to wear. But more so, I care more about God. That's, that's a miracle. It's reversing things. The rest is going to be reversed, and I hope our animals talk to us in the new heaven and earth. 
I really do? I'm all, you know, you think I've lost it, but in Numbers 22, you have Balaam's donkey. It says that the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she, she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? That's an animal talking. And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me, I wish there were a sword in my hand so I can kill you. And the donkey then said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have written ever since I, came, I, I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? Have I ever treated you bad? Imagine that. Our animals telling us, have I ever treated you bad? He's reciting history and all our time together. Nah, animals are cool. I look at my dog and I think, my Lord made this funny looking creature. And I smile and I thank God for Tozer because he's just funny looking all the way around and he gives lots of love. We're in love with him. What is that? I don't just say he came out of nowhere. He used to be a fish and crawled out through evol the evolutionary process. God made this thing and he's mine. I love him. But then after the fall of man, I believe that the moment Adam and Eve ate, maybe they looked to the ground and for the first time, they saw little creepy things coming after each other for the very first time. Maybe they saw animals beginning to hunt each other and devour each other for the very first time. The whole world got spun out of its axis. And now, look at the headlines, the killings, the murders, the, 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 the lawlessness. And it is a jungle out there. None of us would walk the Congo or the Saharas, you know. We ain't going to cross those rivers where the crocodiles are. You know, there's things in this world that will kill you. Right here in our own backyard with the rattlesnakes. It's a vicious world because of the fall. I was watching... Uh, the 10 most uh, amazing animal fights. And I was watching these two kangaroos just go at it, you know, because they box like men, you know. So <laughs> forgive me for all you passive Christians, but me and the kids were enjoying the, 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 the kangaroos going at it. And, uh, but, you know, why are they going at it? Because it's a fallen world, you know? They're fighting over girls and they're fighting over prop, uh, territory. It's a fallen world. William uh, Perkins is a Puritan from the late 1500s. He said this concerning the original sin. He said, after the original sin in Adam's posterity, actual transgression takes place. It is either inward or outward. Inward is of the mind, will, and affections. That actual sin of the mind is the evil thought or intent thereof, which is contrary to God's law. Many carnal men pretend their good meaning, but when God opens their eyes, they shall see their rebellious thoughts rising in their minds as sparks out of a chimney. An actual outward Sin is that to the committing whereof the members of the body together with the faculties of the soul when they concur. When the mind, the thoughts concur with the body, then sin, actual 
the doing of it takes place. Such sins as these are infinite. Psalm 40 verse 12 says, For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine inequities have taken hold of me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head, therefore my heart fails me. That's the condition of man after the original sin, that our inward and outward parts, there, there's this, this wickedness that comes uh, naturally from our flesh because of the fall. And that is what the Puritan was saying, and it is the truth. Look at the thoughts. Look at the imagination of men's hearts. Look at the, the, the countless of evils that go through the minds of people. Uh, it is because it is a fallen world. And he, the psalmist says, I cannot even bear to look up. And so back to our text in Romans. We'll finish up here. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. And so Paul is saying that before the law was ever given, before the law, before Moses was even ever born, for thousands of years, people sinned and died because of the original sin. The law was never, ever written yet. And people lived and people died. So before the law of Moses was given, that's what was taking place. And, and that's why he says here, from Adam and to Moses, even those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him, that's Jesus, who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. Now here's a comparison. This is Jesus he's talking about here. Jesus is that free gift of salvation. For the free gift is not like the offense. The offense is what Adam sinned in the garden. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. So what Adam did wrong, because he sinned that one offense and, and death spread to us all cannot compare to Jesus. It wasn't one offense that he died for. It wasn't just one eating. He died for everyone's sin. The, the massiveness of that, that separation between the Son and the Father, Jesus and the Father, that our sin upon him was so massive that it makes the grace and the justification and the freedom and the rescuing even that much greater than the failure of Adam. You get what he's saying? For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. It talks about how death reigned 
To reign means to rule, right? So through Adam's sin, death reigned over everybody. Look at the world around you. Why don't they come to Christ? Because sin is, has, is keeping them in bondage. Right? Sin is reigning over them. It, is, it, it has victory over them. And the only way they can be saved from those chains is by faith in Jesus Christ. But then those of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, the life we now live, we reign over sin. Amen? You see the difference? Sin reigned over us, but we come to Jesus and now we can reign over sin. So it doesn't matter what kind of man or woman you used to be. It doesn't matter what bondage, what addiction, what sin that a person used to be involved in. If they give their life to Jesus Christ, they have the power through Christ to reign over it, conquer it. So those who say, oh, I'm a Christian, but I keep doing the same, 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 same sin over, the issue isn't the Christian, the issue isn't Christ. The issue isn't the Holy Spirit, or that there's no power in Christianity. The issue is they're not surrendering to Christ like they should be, because it's only through Christ that we can say no to our sins, or the sins that used to reign over us. That makes sense? Therefore, verse 18, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So through Christ, you can be obedient to what he says. See, what do I say as a pastor when Christians come up to me and say, oh, well, I don't, you know, I can't go to church. I don't want to do this. I don't do that. I can't serve because of this. I can't do that. You know, all of that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, you can. Of course you can. I can't either. But Christ through us, we can. And then I can get to the next person to talk to, to say the same thing. There are no excuses. There's just excuses, right? <laughs> but there are none. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we have victory through him. Moreover, verse 20, the law entered that the offenses might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through the righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so Moses was born. Moses was given the law just to magnify to the world. See the law? See all those laws? See how you're guilty before this law? No one can keep that. See that law? If I just run this stop sign, but there's no stop sign there, I, you know, yeah, I, clearly I should stop. But if there's no stop sign there, can you blame me? So now the law is like that stop sign. See? You ran... You don't drive safely. See, you're a sinner. Look at the law. So the law was there to magnify, to show people their desperate need of a Savior. You can't keep the law. Nobody can. But God offers the solution. You put your trust in Jesus, and he takes care of the requirements of the law for you, and you are made whole. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. There is none like you in all the earth. You are so good. Your word, Lord, is sweet to our, to our taste, Lord. 
It is a good thing. And we pray, Lord, to be a people of your word, that we would do what it says. Oh, Lord, thank you for this new day you've given us. And I pray that while all heads are bowed, Father, you know the hearts of everyone in here. You know whether or not someone has given their life to you and whether someone has not. And for those who have not given their life to you, Father, I pray that you would touch their heart at this very moment and that they would decide to surrender their life to you. So while all heads are bowed, if you're here this morning and you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have never done that, we want to give you an opportunity. Just raise your hand and I can lead you in a prayer. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.